What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great and having an awesome day. For those of you watching online, thank you so much for participating with us. Man, I'll tell you what, God is good. The Holy Spirit's been moving in Grace Church. It is fun, fun, fun to be in church. And we are in week three of a fantastic series that is called Get Your Life Back. And it's based off a book by John Eldridge. And because we need this. We need this desperately in our lives. There are so many things that are distractions in our life. And so I just, I believe that there are so many noises and things that, that are infiltrating us constantly throughout the day that we need to quiet those down. We need to calm those down a little bit so that we can tune into the Lord and, and hear him and hear his voice and what he has for us. And so if you guys would be willing to participate with me by the show of hands, how many of you would admit and say in the morning that you have icons, badges, notifications on your phone when you wake up, like when your alarm goes off, put your hand up. How many of you, like you've got little red dots and bubbles and numbers? Yeah, so many of us, absolutely no doubt. When we wake up, our phone is ready. Many of us, this the first thing we grab, we unplug it, we check stuff, you know, we start swiping right away immediately. And so we're even from when our eyes open right after that, the moment after we start getting inundated with information and notifications. And so if you'd even be willing to take it a step farther and I will put my hand up first to know that you are not alone. How many of you are willing to admit that even during your prayer time Bible reading that your phone and its activity lighting, buzzing, vibrating, distracts you from your prayer time and time with God. And yes, there's, there's more hands, come on, like don't be ashamed. There's a lot of us, that's the case. It's just reality, we're getting texts, you know, and, and it's not God texting us, it's somebody else. And we, we look at it and uh, gosh, we just, we're pulled. We're pulled in so many different directions. And so today I wanna to focus on the fact that we need to get our life back by living on purpose, by living our life with purpose. And so I have a verse that I wanna share with you and then we'll spend a moment just in prayer. So in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse nine, it says, you, you're a chosen people, a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And so I believe that God is calling us to something special and he picked us for a time just like this and that we can live with a purpose. And so would y'all pause with me right now and let's pray. Let's go before our Father. So Lord God, we thank you so much for this time uh, that we get to be together and dive into your word and scripture. And, and Lord, I ask that you would speak. Uh, Father, we don't need just cute sayings and words and other things that that will add to our knowledge. Lord, we need you to penetrate our heart right now. Uh, Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit being present here. You truly are the one that changes lives. And so we ask that you would speak to us. God, the things that we need uh, to adjust and remove. And Lord, the things that you have for us that, that are even better and bigger. Uh, would we recognize those and implement those in our life, Lord? We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. So I believe, you know, in that verse in 1 Peter and all throughout scripture that God gives every single one of us a purpose. Uh, you, you might not believe that, you might not think that, but you, it's actually true. I believe that God has given you a destiny. He's given you a direction and it's something that I need you to grab a hold on to. Because here's what I need you to know. This message is something that I'm very passionate about. Talking about purpose is one of my favorite things to do and what I get to do. And so what I want to do now is I want you to categorize yourself. I know we don't like stereotypes and categories and stuff, but you are probably in one of these four categories. So when I talk about God's purpose for your life, you might say, hey, 
I'm, I'm not connected to God. So you're in group number one where you would say I'm far from God or I'm not connected to God. I'm not a Christ follower. I, I just, I feel very distant from him. And so it's impossible to know God's purpose for you if you, if you feel far from him. And I, I wanna tell you right out of the gate, I'm so glad that you're here. Like, cause it takes guts to walk into a church and you're like, man, this is, this is strange. I feel uncomfortable. What's it gonna be like? I don't feel connected to the Lord. Are they gonna judge me? You know, even if you're watching online, it's like, man. It, so I'm, I'm proud of you for, for being here and hanging out. And so I hope that you felt welcomed. I hope that you feel loved because uh, this is not a judgmental place. We're not condemning you. In fact, we're glad you're here because we believe that forgiveness and life change is available. And so then you might be in the second group where you go, hey, you know, I'm, I, I like church, I like God, I'm into it, but you don't yet know your purpose. Uh, you go, I, I know there's probably a purpose, but you don't know, you're not following in it just yet. So you're interested, you're curious. And, and I'll tell you what, here at Grace Church, we just, we wanna help you take those steps. So we, we obviously love to, to teach God's word in, 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 uh, in messages and, and sermons and series, but there are additional steps that you can take like getting into a group, like taking our discover track where you can discover your purpose and how God designed you and we can help you walk that out. Uh, then there's the, the third group of people. So it's far from God, don't know your purpose, but then there's, this might be the majority of you where you're distracted in your purpose. Where you might know it, you might know what you're supposed to do, you might know how God gifted you, you might be moving in some of those sometimes, but right now there's just, distraction and you're getting pulled in so many different directions and that's why we're doing this series. I believe that we need to get our life back and get back in alignment with what God has for us and the purpose and trajectory that he's leading us on. But then I absolutely want to add there's a fourth group and y'all are doing it like way to go. You're living in your purposes. You're passionate for the Lord because I know there's some of you that are. Like I talk to you and we hang out and it's amazing. It's incredible. And so if that's you, like pray, you know, during this time that, that the other three groups, that they would get on board and, and get on the train and, and that we would take off and it would be awesome. And, but there's so much noise. There's so much distraction constantly in our life. I mean, gosh, I, our cell phones are mostly good. But a lot of times they just, they, they, they're drawing our attention. They're drawing our focus, constant notifications. I even think that, that cell phones have just inundated our life so much that, that they're requiring 24 seven access to everyone in our spheres of influence. Cause think about it, you know, years past, well, you know, when, when cell phones came out, they're like, oh, wow, how cool, how neat, I can call you, flip phone, you know, no texting or no, no thumb talking. And, you know, it was just, so there's access to people. I, I can call them, I can talk to them, that's super neat. Well, now it's like literally, if your family or friends or roommate or, you know, text you, if you don't respond within three and a half seconds, they're going, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? How come? Are you mad at me? Like what happens? You know, sad face emoji. You know, it's just like, we're three and a half seconds. I can't even pick my phone up that fast, you know, literally. And, and so it's just, it's constant. It's this act. And then if in the work, you know, in the work environment, it used to be that we would wait till 9 a.m., like the nine to five, that, that's not, there are no boundaries 
in workspace anymore. It could be midnight, you wake up, you check your email, you're replying. It could be early a.m. hours and somebody's, you know, hitting you with stuff and, you know, you're going, oh my gosh, it's just, it's the reality that we're walking in. And let alone if this thing starts vibrating, we're like, oh my gosh, and, you know, who is it? Like, what is, and, and they've actually done research about the, the, the mental and emotional stimulation that happens when it just simply vibrates. <gasps> Who wants to talk to me? And, and, and so here's, I got sad news for you. It's actually negative. The negative effect is happening to us when we give so much attention and focus to our devices. And so that's just one example. There are uh, so many more. And I, I hope that you would agree with me and say that our pace of life has just gotten out of control. And our souls and emotions and mind, we can't take it. God did not design us to have this much information constantly all the time. And so what I wanna walk through just a little bit is a process of what it can look like. And for us, we always look at Christ as our example. And now I realize when you look at Jesus's pace of life, yes, it was 2000 years ago, very different culture, very different arena, but does it have to be? I think there's things that we can extrapolate from his life and recognize that, man, I need that. And so I'll just, I'll just give you some very simple examples. You know, Jesus's pace of life was slow. It was very slow. You read multiple times where, where it says he, he slipped away all by himself just to a quiet place. Other times he, he might have his buddies like, hey, I just, I wanna hang out. And, and so him and his friends, he'd be like, hey, let's, let's just go over here. And let's just talk for a little while. And they, they would just spend hours and hours and days just talking and hanging out. And, you know, and when you and I read in scripture, Jesus's activity, so we read it. And unfortunately, we think it's in our culture, in our environment. So it's like, hey, Jesus was in Capernaum and then he was going to Jericho. And so we go, wow, he just, he must have just jumped in his car and zipped over there, like cruised across the, the Sea of Galilee and, and grabbed an Uber on the other side. And he was in Jericho and maybe, maybe like 30, 45 minutes. Like, no, 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 no. Like we're talking about a boat with oars and, and like Jesus is like, hey, let's, let's all just kind of row together. And they're cruising across the Sea of Galilee and just, just hanging out and enjoying, enjoying each other's company. And then they get to the other side and that's not where Jericho is. They have a little bit of, of distance to travel. And, you know, and I'm sure they pulled up on their phones, like, how far is it to Jericho? And, and, and so, and then, and then there's this thing that's so, this is almost humorous to me. So they're at the edge of the lake and we've still got to go to Jericho. How far is it by car for you and I? We go, oh, about 30, 30 minutes or so. And it's like, then, no, no, our phone actually tells us how long will it take us to walk there. But wh why does it do that? Like, what, why? Like, you and I, we're not picking out a place and a destination, and we go, hey, it says seven minutes. Let's just walk. But we don't say that. We're like, hey, I can get there faster if I drive, and let alone if it says a 30 minute walk, that's forever. That's like torture, and I might sweat and like forget about that. And, and so, in this series, the author of the book, he, 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 his ministry released out this. App. It's called the, the One Minute Pause app. And, and I encouraged everyone in week one to download this. In fact, I won't, I won't be offended if you pull out your device, go to your app store, download the One Minute Pause. This is what it looks like, because we need this. I, I, I've been using it and it's so incredible. It's so wonderful. For the, I'm just gonna kind of get very specific. For those of you that have done this already and you've tried it, I hope that you're enjoying it because in there he goes, Jesus, I give everything 
and everyone to you. And he says it so slow and, 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 and he's like, God, I give everyone and everything to you. And so the first few times you do it, it's, it's this pause and you take a deep breath and you just kind of settle in and it's amazing. And if you literally walk through that process, it's very liberating and very freeing. And then at the end, he, he nicely says, that's enough for now. And I'm like, no, it's not. I need more of that. Can we go a little bit longer? Can I upgrade? Can I unlock three minutes? You know, and there actually are other levels. And so you can do that. It's just, it's incredible. And if you're not yet doing it, you need it. it we need it so badly because our soul was not meant to go at this pace with the inundated information. We just, we can't handle it. And so because I love you, like I'm gonna say a few things that, that might bother you, might, feel, might make you feel uncomfortable, but I believe that we are over-caffeinated. I believe that we are stressed out. I believe that we are so overwhelmed in our life that we make statements that say, I can't take anything else. I can't handle it anymore. And because I love you, I'm gonna say, you're doing that to yourself. We are creating this chaotic pace of life to ourselves. We're doing it. We're making it happen with our calendar and constant things that we, we feel like we have to have, we have to have a part of, so we feel fulfilled in life. And it's false. And it's actually leading us in a direction that's away from the Lord. But there is a correction that can take place, and that's why we want to get our life back. And so I'm gonna give you an analogy. I, I love analogies and visual aids to, to help people connect and telling stories and stuff. And so if you were a body of water, if your soul was a certain type of water, what would it be like? And some of you, you're from up north, maybe you're from the mountains or out west, and you go, oh, my soul is like a mountain pond where I sit just there in the, in the green grasses, maybe on a blanket, maybe not. I look at the pond, it's just, it's glassy. I see the reflection of the sun and the clouds, the mountains are in the background. And you just take this deep sigh, deep breath, and just, oh, it feels so, that's what your soul feels like. And I hope that that's you because there might be others of you where, where you go, oh, no, 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 Pastor Aaron. Like, my emotions right now, I'm like this raging river and we're going down the rapids and we're paddling as hard as we can and we hope we don't hit this rock and, and God forbid I fall out. It's like, I hope, you know, my life jacket works and I can make it and put my feet downstream. And it's, it's like you're scrambling at life and it's just crazy and chaotic. And so maybe that's you. And, I, and if that's the case, I need you to be self-aware and be willing to admit that because then we can take some steps forward. Because some of you aren't mountain people, you're not river people, you're more ocean people, you're, not, you're beach goers and you go, oh, Pastor Aaron, I, no, 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 it ain't crazy for me right, right now. I, I, I'm like, I'm at the beach. I, I'm, I'm looking at the ocean and the waves just gently. Some of you are going, I want to be there right now. And I get it. I totally get it. Toes in the sand. Nice sunny day. Beautiful. Gorgeous ocean and it's calming ocean waves and some of you you're you're not that you're you're more of a lake person or a speedboat person you're going oh no 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 i want to be on the lake and i want to take my boat and 
driving around. We're going to wakeboard and jet ski. We're going to have this inflatable raft behind. I'm going to pull my kids and I'm going to make them flip off as far as I can and, and hope that they pop up, uh, you know, if, if they get tossed off. And, you know, if they're not, we circle back around. But there's boats just kind of, and that's you. And you're going, yeah, like it's a lot of activity. And I just, we're some type of, of body of water. And I know there's examples in scripture and there's one more I want to share with you because I think there's so much depth to it. What if we got to the point where our soul is like a well, just a deep well that's refreshing and full of cold water where we're, oh, I can come and find respite there. And there's just depth in our soul. We're not concerned. We're not dry and weary because we know our well is deep. It's our Lord ministers to us in it. So you're the wellspring of life. And so we decide, I need you to get this. So I need you to say, I decide, ready? I decide, I decide what my life is gonna look like, what type of body of water my emotions and soul are gonna experience. And so I'm so passionate about this that I believe 100% that God has a purpose for you and your life and some amazing things that he wants to put out in front of you that you might look at and that might seem intimidating to some of you, but if you're comfortable with who you are and you know the the father in who he is, you're, you're just fine with it. You're in fact even excited to walk into this destiny because you're looking forward to what he might do. But because of that purpose, that God has made us for, the devil will come in. He absolutely does not want you and I to discover our purchase, let alone begin to walk in it. So he will do all that he can to keep us from it. And he is very content with sitting on the side while we create this chaotic lifestyle and our soul and mind and emotions, because he doesn't have to do anything. We're doing it to ourselves. Is there spiritual warfare? Absolutely. I'm talking about something very different, right? Where literally it's our decisions and how we're walking this out. So let's get our life back. Let's get our purpose back in who we are. Because I believe that all of us are created for something that's greater than ourselves. But do you believe that? Like there's things in your life that God wants to do through you that you can't do on your own. And he wants to do it. And it's, it's, it's miraculous. It's amazing. I believe that you're created for that. And there's no way that we can attain that and achieve that and walk in that type of destiny when it's just chaos and craziness in our life. So we can live on purpose in our purpose. So the shopping on Amazon, that's great. You know, hours on YouTube, like I, I get it, playing Wordle. And like, those are fine in small doses and stuff, but we're, we're spending so much time focused on all that stuff. And, and none of them, like, Hours on our phone, scrolling and swiping, none of that ever, ever helps us to accomplish our purpose. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. And so let's give our soul and our life and our attention to something that's worthwhile. And so when, I'm, when I say that nobody ever gets to a great place on accident, I think that all of you would agree with that. We don't end up in a place that's amazing and stellar and incredible just just by circumstance. It's like, no, 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 we have to be very intentional to get to that destination. And so that's what I'm laying before you. Let's, let's redirect, let's get our life back, make those decisions to choose the purposes of God. So 
I have a few points that I want to talk through and some scripture and stuff, and, and I hope that this resonates with you. So th there's the first one I want to share is that we need to live on purpose internally. Okay, so this is our inside. What, what if we decide to, to implement spiritual growth? What if we decide to grow in our emotions because nobody else is going to help you grow in your body, in your mind, in your spirit, in your emotions? Nobody else is going to do that. That's your responsibility. Like my job is to preach and teach and we love to do that. It's amazing. But my job is to encourage you and move you forward. Your, your own spiritual growth is on you. Your emotional health is on you. It's not meant for somebody else. And nobody else is gonna do that. Only you. And so you get to decide. That's your job. Health and growth do not happen automatically. We have to be intentional to move in that direction. And so if we don't make time, we won't find it. We won't find the time. There's no way. We have to be deliberate. And at times, some of you, I understand your, your life is so scheduled that you have to schedule time with God. There's nothing wrong with that. Make time. Make it a priority. Uh, the apostle Paul, he wrote to a church that was located in Philippi. He wrote some very particular things to them. I want to read those to you in Philippians 3, starting in verse 12. He says, he admits, he's like, hey, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And so my question is, are you able to identify? Are you able to acknowledge that? Because none of us have arrived yet. So what if we began to make these adjustments and move in the right direction? So what are you doing to grow spiritually? Right now in your life, what are you doing? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you spending time in scripture? I know, are you getting up early? You know, maybe early for you is 4.30, where normally you get up at, at 5 o'clock and you're going, nope, I got to get up at 4.30. Maybe for you, you're, you're younger and you're going, my first class is until 11.30, bro, so 11 is early. Yeah, awesome. I get it. That's your life and where you're at right now. So, but get up early. Uh, pray throughout the day. Have, have the one-minute pause app. You know, mine comes on at 10 at 2. I'm so glad it does. I'm like, oh, this is awesome, and it just, it refreshes my soul. So it, we're taking time. For us here at Grace Church, we, we absolutely strongly encourage you to begin the SOAP Bible study method. We have uh, those resources online at gracechurch.life. There are also uh, paper copies in the, in the lobby where you can read a chapter a day and you implement a journaling mechanism to have the, the, uh, a, a journal where you're growing in your devotional life. Some of you, you need to continue with that, but it's like, all right, that's a chapter, that's great, but I want more. So maybe you need to do the Bible in a year. Uh, you, you, you pick that reading plan and, and you say, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna go after it. And I know some of you are going, whoa, 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 like that sounds like a lot. All right, let me, let me, take, it, let me take it way down. Very simply, what if you decided to take one verse a week? You're going, I can do that, yes. Okay, one verse a week. And you not only just simply read that verse, but you applied it to your life. What if you read that verse, you're going, wow, I like this, it's good. And you took the step and say, I'm gonna implement that. I would dare say in a year from now, you will be 50 times closer to Jesus. 
You'll be 50 times more like him. And so you, you just said, I can do that. Absolutely. So what if we looked at the destination, looked at a year from now, instead of like only looking at this moment and what's in front of us, and we implemented one verse a week, and there was this significant life change that happened over, happened over a period of time. So living on purpose, like internally moving in that direction. And so... One of the other things I wanna talk about, a kind of a sub point in this is that we need to learn to discern the voice of God. Because um, if we're constantly getting all of this information and we're just, just, it's just nonstop, it is really difficult for us to say, is, is, this is God, this is not God, this is noise, this is my own head, this is the devil, this is my mother-in-law. You know, it's like, <laughs> That was funny. Um, <laughs> so one of the tricks, one of the tricks that the devil plays is he'll actually make all the voices in our life sound equal to the Lord's. Because he wants you to get in your own head. He wants you to be focused on something else. But he, he doesn't want you hearing what God is saying. And so let me ask you, like, how is it that you go about your decision-making process? It, how, are you praying? Are you seeking the Lord? Are you, do you wanna hear his voice? Do you wanna hear input? Where do you gain your wisdom and knowledge as you go about your life and you make business decisions and, and, and you lay out platforms and, 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 and the, the steps forward in boardrooms and, and what you're voting on and moving forward? And so how, do you, how are you gaining that? Are you gaining spiritual understanding and depth with the Lord? And so one of the things that I've, I've heard more frequently, um, this is more, more so in the younger generation, uh, I hear this, this thing that, that y'all call free spirit. Uh, so, I, you know, and just talking with, you know, let's call it a 20-something or teenager, they'll go, oh, you know, th there's so many different options out there. There's so many different things and things that you can believe in. You know, hey, you, you believe you. Like, you believe in your stuff. That's cool. You do your thing. And you, they're doing that, and that's cool. But for me, you know, I'm a free spirit. And, and, and so I, I know what that means, and you know what that means as well. And I'm going to speak into that. And so what a free spirit means is I get to do whatever I want. So you, you, you do your thing, but don't, don't you dare judge me. I, like I, I get to do what I want. So here's, here's the problem with that. As we're moving forward and being a free spirit, whenever we're encountering something else or needing to make a decision, we're making that based on what we feel in that moment. We're making it based on what we want right then and now. And, and so we're, it's so short-sighted. And I, as your pastor, because I love you, it's a very dangerous place. It's a dangerous place to be because we, we're easily pushed to the left or the right, depending on the circumstances, the people, or the pressure that we're experiencing. And so when I do that, just, just to admit, there are times in my life I go, I want to do what I want to do. I'm a free spirit. And so I'm, when, I, when I look at, at me and myself, I'm going, you know what? Every single time that I did that and said that or felt it, I was being selfish. I was being self-centered. I was being prideful. I was disregarding what others thought, the wisdom and counsel I was receiving, what scripture was saying, what the Lord was showing me in. And so here's the encouragement. I, like I get it's, it's cool and trendy and stuff, but what if, we, what if we say, you know what? The Holy Spirit and the Holy Bible actually want to determine our decisions and our direction and what they have for us. What if we stepped into that instead of trying to make life work for ourselves, 
there is a divine, supernatural God that wants to do that. And he wants to establish our direction. Why? On purpose. Because he's got a destiny for you. Like, that's how it works. He, he absolutely has that for you. And so where we end up is the culmination of a lot of decisions along the way. And so I need you to look out. I need you to look with, as a visionary, the future destination, the future cities, the future business opportunities, your entrepreneurial spirit. You lay that before the Lord and like, God, I need your leadership. I can't get there on my own. He's like, let's go, baby. I got this for you. I'm gonna lead you every single step of the way. And here's why he promises it in Psalms 119, 105. It says that your word, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I mean, you're looking and you're going, oh, that's so heavy, it's so big. God is going, nope, I'm gonna light the exact way that you need to go. And at times it may seem dark, I get it. There might only be a match, but there are times when he just, he brings out this floodlight and he's going, there you go, there you go. Stay faithful, stay obedient, stay righteous. Stay on the course. And so when you talk about learning to discern God's voice, at times it is difficult. I'll be very honest, no doubt. Because in scripture it says that he, he at times wants to use this still small voice. And it, so the, it's like a whisper. So there are times when God's just like whispering to us and there's all this noise traffic and chaos and information. And God's just, he's whispering. So he's there, he's talking, but we have to be able to push those that are pulling us from one side to the other out. And so we have to be intentional. We have to live on purpose. We have to focus on our self-care because God has more for us. Absolutely believe that. So that's the internal. There's a second piece where that all becomes external. So we're gonna live on purpose externally. Because I hope that you've got to this point where you recognize that your life actually isn't about you. Uh, we want it to be, and you know, we want to make, we make decisions that way sometimes, but it is about other people. And so staring at your phone is not going to bring change in the community. It's not. It's not going to bring life change uh, to your neighbor. Like, it's not, it's not going to happen that way. In fact, you know, th there's this incredible thing where, where it says that when we stare at our phone, there's actually negative implications in our mind and in our soul and, and the things that we're, that, that we're receiving. So it's actually not a great thing. I get it as a resource, no doubt, but we, we're spending so much time on it. And research has proven that when you and I take this idea and understanding of Christ, following him, having a purpose and implementing it and helping others to discover theirs as well, research, science has proven that it's fulfilling for us. It feels good to help another person. No doubt, I mean, that, that's, that's in scripture, it's, it, it makes sense. And so what if we decided to live externally in our purposes? Paul wrote this to the church in Philippi as well. It's actually the chapter before in chapter two, starting in verse one, he says this. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Absolutely, it's great. Any comfort from his love? All the time. Any fellowship together in the spirit? Yes, we get that at church. Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Can be. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind, one purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. 
And that's fantastic that some of you live by that mandate. Uh, but the, the, for those of you, some of you, you're not grabbing a hold of all of this. Where if you're in the church, if you're in the body of Christ, if you are a Christian, that this should be exposed, that we should be externally living this out. In fact, here at Grace Church, one of the statements that we say is that a non-serving Christian is a contradiction. If you call yourself a Christ follower, service should be part of what you do. So God calls us to serve each other in the body of Christ. He calls us to share and serve others in the community. It's really that simple. And if you don't think that serving in the church is important or serving in the community, like it is important for evidence of faith in our life, I dare you to read Matthew chapter 25. Jesus lays it down. Uh, it's an entire chapter with like judgment about our servitude. So after it's all done and, and, and our days are up and, and over, like he says, great, you're in heaven, that's awesome. So what did you do with the time that I gave you? And so we, as Grace Church, we believe that there's something significant that he wants to do through you. And we wanna help you take steps in that. And if you've been in our church for a little while, I hope that you've noticed something different. I hope that you, you recognize that we're after the Holy Spirit. We're after God's presence. And so much so that recently we've been saying, we feel like God is creating a movement because of, of what he's doing in and amongst our church. And that's amazing. And so we want, we wanna use it in a powerful way externally. And so I wanna share with you some, some great news, a great opportunity, but let me tell you a little bit of my life. Um, so back in January of 2020, Right, we remember 2020, we're going perfect vision 2020. Nope, 2020 is remembered for, for March uh, and COVID. So that's when it all you know, happened and the pandemic started. But in January of 2020, that's when uh, the board of elders, the lead team, uh, we, all, we all decided we were moving forward with the construction of the building. We signed a loan with the bank to borrow the money, that, the remainder of the balance that we needed, and we signed with a general contractor to build the building that you're in. So January, 2020. So that started like a year and a half of extreme busyness for me. Love it, love, love the result, no doubt. But if you put yourself in my shoes, you would go, whoa, like that, that's a whole lot because what happened uh, three months after we signed all these contracts and, and all these things were lining up, all of a sudden the world went indoors. And so the building team that I had and all these things, we were gonna do this together, gone. Like nobody, it just, it disappeared. Well, we were still moving forward with a project. So I had to learn how to be an architect. I had to learn how to be an engineer. I had to learn how to be a general contractor and a plumber and, and, and design artist and all these different things. And now I learned a lot. I am so thankful. God showed me so many things. I had a lot of help along the way. I'm not saying it was all me, but as the lead pastor, a lot of the responsi responsibility fell on me. So for that year and a half, it was, it was heavy. I was doing two full-time jobs. That's the only way to describe it. I was leading the church as lead pastor and I was doing a building project. It was so much. And I was just flooded with stuff. But the last six months, so we opened the building, grand opening in August of last year. So the last six months, seven months-ish have been absolutely amazing, incredible. Uh, so I asked the Lord, I was like, all right, we're, I'm done with the building. That's great. Thank you so much. Can I have more anointing? Because architecture is cool, but I, I don't need all that, that paperwork anymore and those designs. Can I have more of your authority when I preach and when I teach your word. And 
And I just, it has been incredible to watch what the Lord has done and the Holy Spirit has created a movement. It's been fun because this is my calling, right? This has been fun. The Holy Spirit's been so powerful. There's been so much life change, marriages changed and restored. There's been so many salvations. We have more people in connection groups than ever before in the life of our church. We're doing two community outreaches here in, in March that are coming up. And so we're staying outwardly focused. You know, and, and, and I hope that you recognize, no, that we, we have to be outwardly focused. It has to be external. That's why we're being very strategic in saying that we need unchurched people to come. Because this is great. It's awesome. But it's not all about us. If you think this is about us as a church, you've missed it. You've completely missed it. And that's not who we are. And that's not the direction that we're going as a church. And so for us, like, it's been amazing, and the platform has increased. We're continuing to reach people. There's like four million children in the kids' wing. <laughs> and so this past December, the lead team decided to take a step forward again with the building. And so what we're going to do is uh, the east wing it was, is designed to be a kids' wing, and it's larger and bigger and can hold more kids. And so we decided to move forward with the kids' wing build-out. So you can see up here on the plans, if you look to the top right, so that's all the, the several rooms, you know, and then we have the, the kitchen and cafe, uh, that we're, that's over here in the area that, that we're gonna remodel and, and we're gonna do all those things. And so we, we've, had, we've had board meetings, we've had building team meetings. I had one just this past Thursday, uh, it went fantastic. We're talking about plans and stuff and things. And uh, I have an architect and general contractor meeting tomorrow at two, so be praying for that. Uh, I'm so excited about it. Just, uh, we're absolutely, we know that God is taking us in this direction. This has to happen. Like in order for this to continue and for, for the movement to, to continue with the momentum that, that's happening, like this has to take place. And we know that God is in it and he's doing amazing things. So what we're doing as a church is we're laying this out before you. Uh, the way it works for us, we have our normal operating budget. And then so this is what we consider a special project. And so this is, uh, we're, we're launching a capital campaign to build out the kids wing in the kitchen and cafe. So it's about 4,700 square feet. So the goal that we're setting out there is basically determined by the general contractor. I, I, I called them up, I called the bidder, I said, hey, here's where we're at, here's the plans, here's the deal, what do you think? He goes, well, he goes, you know how much all the commercial stuff and, and development has increased and, and if you own a home, like you know, the last couple of years, your, your, your value has skyrocketed. If you own your business, you're going, yes. You go on Redfin and you're going, yes. If you're, if you're a renter or, or you're looking to buy, you're going, no, this is bad because it costs more. But, you know, so it just, that's where, that's where our economy is. Our local economy has, has increased in the residential commercial market. No doubt, it's, it's undeniable. So as a result, the, the contractor said, you need to plan on $150 a square foot. So when you multiply that by 4,700 square feet, you get $700,000. So we're laying out a capital campaign to raise $700,000 over the next 12 months. And I know for some of you, you go, yes, that's amazing. We're going to do it. God's going to provide. Absolutely no doubt. For some of you, you go, whoa, that's a lot. That's a lot of zeros. That's a big number. So let me break it down for you. Here's, here's how this works for us. There is a building a legacy card in the seat back in front of you. Uh, for those of you that are watching online, you can go to gracechurch.life, click on building a legacy. I just need you to pull it out, take a look, so you understand what, what, what is happening. So this is for you. We want you to take this with you. 
and we want you to pray. Okay, that's, I mean that with all of my heart. I want you to pray. I want you to ask God how you're to be involved, what it's to look like, and you look at your budget and, and lay things out. And if you're married, you definitely talk to your spouse about this. You never make a financial commitment without talking to them. So we want you to pray. We want you to use the pledge card. We want, once you fill it out, you can drop it in the box at back. You can bring it back next week over these next couple weeks. And then we would simply ask that you would begin giving. You can do this at Grace Church Life. You can set up automatic giving. It's in the building fund and that's how it's gonna work. Super easy, super practical but it's a 12 month capital campaign because so generally speaking, the way the timeline will work is we need about two months about, please about, about two months for the remainder of the plans and the architect to redline and engineer to finish a few things. Then we need about two months for permitting. That's just reality and construction. They're so busy about, it, it even could extend a little bit farther up to 10 weeks. And then we need about six to eight months to do the build out to actual construction and stuff. So it's a 12 month campaign. So look at the card, pray about it, and then fill it out, turn it in and begin giving. So it, it, it literally is that simple for us. And so the, the examples that I wanna give, some of you go, well, what's my part? whatever God tells you. And so here's how it works. I, I'm very practical. My wife and I, we run on a budget. We say, okay, we wanna do this. How are we gonna do it? So here's, here's just some ideas, really simple. Some of you, you grab a, a few coffees a week. You go through the drive-thru, you grab a couple coffees, three bucks, four bucks, five bucks here, extra whip on top, you know, whatever your deal is, you got your jam, I get it. So what if we decide, you know what, I'm gonna cut that back a little bit. It's five, 10 bucks a week and you cut it off. And you say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that time, I'm gonna remove that from my life, and I'm gonna pledge $50 a month. And, and, and that's, that's what I'm gonna focus on. Awesome, that's your part. So here's what we need. We need 200 people that are willing to say, I, I can do that, because that's 600 bucks in a year. You, and so we're so short-sighted sometimes, we go, well, I got five bucks, and you know, or I can Venmo you a little bit. No, 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 like what if we began to look at destiny and legacy and what God is doing. Because when we do stuff for unchurched, can you imagine the kids in the kids' wing, the other families that'll come in that are not churched? And they're gonna come in and they go, whoa, like there's something different. My kid likes it here. And all of a sudden their, their kid is raised in church, is baptized in church, their family changes, grandparents come in as a result. I just described some of y'all's story. What if we begin to look forward to what God might do in other people's lives? That 50 bucks, a couple of coffees, it's really not that much. And then, so we need, just in the way capital campaigns work, we need 200 people to say, I, I can do that. And then we need 100 people to say, you know, I, I can double that. Our family, we go out to eat about five times a month, about 50 bucks a pop. So it's 250 bucks in your budget. You know what, we, we, can, we can skip two. We can back it, back it off to three, that's a hundred bucks. You're like right there, that's over a thousand dollars in a 12 month campaign, right there, boom. Two meals that you eat out normally that you say, you know what, we're gonna eat at home. Or what if you say, hey, we're gonna fast as a family and we're gonna pray for the people in our community and our neighbors that we're hoping to come and we're gonna invest now. And so we need, you know, 100 people 
to do that. And we need 50 people to say, you know what? With dual income, six figures, we can do 5K over over a year. Some of you are more fluent than that or you, you, can, you can dip into some other opportunities and savings and you're going, we can do 10, we can do 50. You know what? This legacy stuff, it, God just might speak to you and you're going, we, we can do more than that. I, I, there, it's clear in scripture that there are opportunities where when you look at legacy and kicked kingdom mindset, where it talks about investing our treasure in heaven, you know, what that looks like. Because, I mean, how do you put value on a soul? You can't, it's impossible. And so what if, you know, those steps, those big numbers, you go, wow, if all of us put what the Lord shows us and we piece it all together, absolutely. And so what I'm asking as your pastor is that you would pray, that you would ask the Lord and that you would commit. So if you're not yet tithing, we, we would encourage you to step into tithing because we believe that this is part of the offering. So as a church, we have our general operating budget. And so then this is on top of that. So this is an offering to the Lord. So if you're not yet taking that first step, you need to do that. And then this is on top of and move in that direction because this is part of purpose. This is part of movement. This is part of what God is doing. So to me, it's us saying yes to the meaningful and saying no to the mediocre. The things in our life that we can remove, nope, no more, no more distractions. I don't need that. That's just noise. I don't need that. I don't need it as much as I want. What if we develop this kingdom mindset and what God has for us? Get your life back because he has something amazing. Be intentional with your resources, with your time and your attention. I hope that this was encouraging for you and helpful. This was definitely my passion and desire. And so I wanna pray for us as we close. If y'all could do me a favor, go ahead and stand up. I believe that there's a significant thing happening um, in what God is doing. And so lean into this moment. Lord God, we come before you. And Father, we do lean in. We lean into your presence. We lean into your spirit. Uh, Jesus, thank you for being our savior and our Lord. Um, Jesus, we recognize that, that some of us, we don't have you and we're gonna commit to follow you. Uh, Lord, we love you, we need you. We're leaving all this old stuff behind. And so God, I just thank you so much for your forgiveness, for your cleansing. Lord, I make these bold declarations that you're our provider. Uh, Lord, it's clear in scripture that we are not to look uh, to, to humans at, to be our source. And so God, we don't do that. We don't look to the left or the right. Lord, like, right now we lift up our eyes towards you and we know that you are doing something amazing. So God, would you provide for us as individuals and our families and our work and our life? God, would you help us to implement these principles about getting our life back and pushing other stuff out so that we can focus in on you more than ever before? And Father, we also pray together, we agree as a church, Lord, we know that you're gonna provide financially for the kids wing, for the Kitchen and Cafe Rebuild, Lord, the amazing things that you're doing, the pledges, Lord, that you would make it so, that you would speak it out, that you would help us to, to have this trajectory and, and the big vision and big dreams that we've got for this community and this region, that you would make this happen, Lord, for your glory, for your kingdom. Jesus, you will continue to be raised up in this church as Savior and Lord. We love you, Father. In your name we pray, amen.